Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hi folks, I am Timothy Harvey. I am Dustin. And this is Apocalypse Now for yes. Sci-Fi for Me and Horror for Me. And we're sitting on my couch, staring up at the ceiling fan, trying to get our emotions straight after this the Preacher season finale. It has been a crazy season, which has been a lot of fun. It's been a it's been a wild crazy ride, you guys. <sighs> And it ended in much the same way. And yeah. uh, so up until this point, we've been building to this. This week is all about uh, Jesse bringing God to the church. Right. And as you as you will remember that uh, he and Odin basically, you know, this is the deal. Yeah. Uh, Jesse either proves God exists or he has to give up the church. And. So, um, Jesse is hiding out with the BDSM BDSM husband and wife. Yeah. And I have to say that, so Tulip comes tearing back to town. Right. All angry and ready to start a fight and there's no fight to be had. And I think she smashes the window of the, of the door and they, she, throws inside and BDSM husband and his wife are sitting there at the kitchen table. Yeah. She goes, where's Jesse? And Jesse, oh, and uh, the wife sits there and and uh, tries to stand up and Tulip smashes her face into the table. Yeah. And then Jesse steps around from the corner yeah. having just stepped out of the shower and he's doing his, you know, driving, drying his hair. Right. And uh, Tulip is a little confused. And then there's this whole like, oh, well, you know, we decided to be friends, like, for reasons. It's basically that's what it is. Like, the, there's a whole explanation of how this friendship came about. I don't think friends is the right word. I think that, you know, he's 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 drunk the preacher Kool-Aid in a way. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, you know, I think I think he's a, for all the fact that he's he's does the BDSM thing, and, and there's, a, there's elements of control in that kind of relationship. And it's clearly, it's a, a, it seems to be a very healthy relationship. With yeah. People, but he seems to want to have, he wants to follow someone. And I think he's very, he, he obviously understands that Odin is crazy. Yeah. Well, cause at the end of the last episode, when, when Odin was having the fight, like having the, the, his guys fight in front of him, right. that's when he like just threw his clipboard down and walked out. Yeah, and then, but he's still the one who brought Jesse down, but he did it without killing him. Right. And so I think he's he's looking for someone to provide him direction and 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 be a leader for him. And he he sees that Odin is crazy, and Jesse might be crazy, but at least he's not crazy crazy, um, or at least the obvious crazy that that you can't see me shrug my little. I think I think that Jesse has a blind devotion. Uh, but his as of I think that we've established over the course of the season is his blind devotion is not to a higher power. His blind devotion is to this idea that he has to 
make his father proud or do what his father asked him to do. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I think, and it, I think the benefit to those around him is that if, and by doing that, it kind of makes him sort of a good person. Yeah, but it also has these side effects of you know having the power of genesis and trying to do the right thing without thinking about it has led to all of this problem right um so basically the entire town is is jesse's making his way through town and you know one step ahead of the authorities as they right. try and catch him uh, well really they're not trying to catch him very hard anymore no they're they're just expecting um, to find him there on sunday right that's what the what the sheriff says when he goes to torture cassidy in prison in jail so they picked up cassidy at the whorehouse mm-hmm. and he's got him in in uh, a cell where cassidy is giving relationship advice to the uh rejected mascot is that is, <laughs> i think because there's the two mascots in town there's the indian mascot and then there's the bobcat bobcat and i guess the indian mascot is the old mascot or the okay. bobcat is the old mascot or one of the two anyway apparently the two mascots have a thing or there's an emotional connection there yes. that, Je- that cassidy's giving advice on um and then they let the mascot go and the sheriff comes in and he has done some internet research and some hunted down some files and <laughs> Cassie's like, Oh, the manila folder. <laughs> yeah. And it's really funny because like, like on any other show, they would have seen like uh, the law enforcement officer would have seen, Oh, well I have a Cassidy from all these different time periods that must be different men. Now, this sheriff makes that does not use that logic at all. He's like, oh, I have these different Cassidy's from all these different time periods. That means he's an immortal vampire. Goes right to it. And he happens to be right. Yeah. So, but, and then he decides he's going to get some answers out of him, so he starts shooting him. Yeah, and then giving him blood to uh, heal and then shooting him again. And, and in the nature of this show, we see the beginning of that, and then we see the aftermath, where we see the cell is just Door, yeah. blood spray everywhere, and bullets on the, the Cassidy's dug out of himself on the floor. And they're just sitting there, like, having a nice conversation now. Oh, yeah, and he's like, so, so where's my son? And Cassidy's like, well, the good news is he's still alive. Well... That might not actually be good. <laughs> that will actually be true. Because, um, um, you know, it's, it's it, for some reason, Cassidy is not just coming out and saying, look, I sent, he sent him to hell. Well, he did. He, but Jesse said that. Right. But Jesse says that later. Well, Cassidy's in the cell. He's not, he's not right. saying to him, you know, look, you know, he's trying. It's, it's for some reason he's, he's trying to not say it. But then he also, he turns it around <sighs> Me, you guys, I'm exhausted. My mother and sister were in town all week. All week. Mm-hmm. From last week all the way to this week. And and that's five, six whole days. It was exhausting, and the kids got, like, just so crazy. Like, yesterday and today, they were like, what are we doing fun? And I'm like, we're not doing anything fun. Number one, we don't have any money, and number two, we don't have grandma around to give us whatever we want anymore. We have to get back into our normal status quo. And Trinaya was like, she wanted to start a rebellion, and, (laughs) you know, like, you know, I don't know. It was... It was a whole thing, so I'm you know, I'm gonna try not to yawn. Well, that's okay. I've I've been working the Fringe the... Festival all week. Oh, uh, that's true. And having a lovely time. Um, I got to see very few shows because I've been working the Fringe Festival all week. Mm. 
and the working part gets in the way of the going to enjoy that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Cassidy points out to the sheriff that there's a part of the sheriff that is really Really? happy that Eugene is gone. Yeah. He's just been waiting for Eugene to disappear. And while this is true and the sheriff clearly, that strikes a nerve. It hits Mm -hmm. the point very, very close to home. He doesn't want to admit that out loud, and so he... Choose them. A lot. Yeah. And then unlocks the, the cell going, you're free to go. Right. So, and Cassie's like, oh, that's good, because I got a place to be. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that there was the uh, the wall of missing pet things, oh, like, yeah. to show that Cassidy had been very busy in Oh, town. yeah. That's just... So... Jesse and Tulip finally get Carlos. And we get an explanation as to what happened with Carlos. Yes. And that of course is it was all part of this heist. We knew yeah. that. We we knew we didn't I and, didn't we didn't have the, the level of how much you know, how much of a hostage situation this right. was and how long they had been in there and how they were, you know, they're taking out the safety deposit boxes and the vault. Right. And all these things. So it's a pretty elaborate bank robbery, which right. is generally bank robberies are mostly doomed to fail mm. anymore um, well and i i mean like yeah like why would you go and rob the bank why would you go there and like do it with your whole body like like in as the opposed place, to as in opposed to like going and going to like buy your credit card com and like buying a bunch of credit card numbers for fifty dollars <laughs> And you know, um, should we be should we giving out email address or, or well, website I, address? I don't address? think that's a real. Place, oh, okay. But, so this is a. Okay. But I've seen that it's like it's basically that easy. Like your your information is so insecure; it's all out there. And you think about it, you put your information out there all the time. Well, yeah, it anyway. seems like it would be easier to do an electronic theft than than a physical one. But at the same time. You know, Jesse and Tulip are kind of this Bonnie and Clyde cowboy, you know. And they're just so in love. And you all know that couple. It's just like, oh, they love each other so much. And part of you really thinks it's great. And part of you just would rather them go to prison. And that's the part that wins on this day with Carlos. Because because he hears them in the back, back room laughing at something. And he has just stepped in a puddle with a condom in it and he's just like you know what if i have to buy a new pair of shoes they have to spend some time in jail <laughs> right <laughs> so which is um you know it ultimately does come down to the fact that he was jealous yeah and say so if, if he can't if he can't be in love then then everybody else gets to have a bad day right and um unfortunately and of course, the course of yeah. this jesse ends up shooting a cop and Tulip ends up having a miscarriage. Which is the thing that they had not revealed up until this point, right. is that they uh, Tulip had been pregnant. And that is, more than anything, probably the reason that she mm. wants Carlos dead. Right. So Carlos is in the trunk. And so she, Tulip convinces him, convinces Jesse to finally to kill him. And so Jesse goes out there to kill him, and then Tulip's like, wait... Because I think, well, it's interesting because you look at Tulip reacting is when Jesse flip, slips into, okay, I'm going to kill him mode, mm-hmm. he very calmly and rationally and methodically goes to the kitchen to find the things that are going to make it easier, mm-hmm. the, the plastic bag to catch the blood spray, the, uh, you know, the oven mitt, mm-hmm. the thick oven mitt to, to hopefully muff, muffle the bullet, the sound of the gun going off, 
And um, and just the look on his face, he's just like, okay, I'm going to do this now. Yeah. And I think Tulips is like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I think she knows that she's really the, of the two of them, she's really the killer. Yeah. She's the one who, who really doesn't mind killing people. Right. And and Jesse also starts this conversation with, well, that's okay, I'm going to hell anyway. Right. So I think there's, you know, she she recognizes that he at least believes this. He believes in God. He believes there is a hell that he's going to go to. And I think that this is almost her way of saying, you know, I, I it, you know, when she, well, she says it. She says, you know, it, the fact that you're willing to do it is what matters. Yeah. Um, now, Carlos, of course, thinks this is... Uh, Great when she said when she tells Jesse to stop. Until she hands him a tire iron. Oh, yeah. and, this is for you. <laughs> and then and then Jesse gives him the gun to kind of even things out. <laughs> he goes, Here, take the gun and he goes, I don't I don't what? The gun. <laughs> I don't want the gun. And Jesse points the gun at him and makes him take the gun. Yeah. And then they beat the living crap yeah. out of Carlos, who when we last see Carlos is shuffling off, shuffling his way out of town. Uh, battered, very battered, very bloody, and I'm pretty sure they're broken things. Yeah. But Carlos gets off easy. Right, because our BDSM wife, in what initially appears to be her ratting out yeah. uh, Tulip and Jesse uh, to the cops, turns mm-hmm. out that she has done it parked in front of the church, pops the trunk, right, and out pops her hubby and... Uh, Jesse and Tulip out of there, and they clean the church up for Sunday, and and all the people show up. And well, wait, but first, BDSM wife. Uh, <laughs> so, so Jesse's looking at Jesse's looking at the phone, the heaven yeah. phone, and he's looking at this like he doesn't know what he you know, he doesn't know what what to do. And she comes over and looks at him and says, "Is this it?" He's like, "Yeah." She goes, is "This is what you're going to use to call heaven?" He goes, yeah, I think so. She goes, "Okay," and she just looks at it and goes, "Okay, well, this is where you dial and." This is this is a video phone. You actually get to know yeah. feel, and he's like, "Oh wow, right, yeah." <laughs> it's just very matter of fact. Somehow, I hope. I kind of hope she and BDSM husband survive. No, no one Somehow. survived. Somehow, I know they probably did. no one survived. And we'll come back. We'll sad. come back to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a very cute moment. Yeah. And it's 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 another laugh out loud odd moment in this show. Right. So yes, Sunday morning rolls around and Cassidy shows up. Everybody the party. shows Everybody up. shows up. The entire town of crazy people is there. The two mascots, all the prostitutes, uh, all the workers, uh, just everybody. Odin there. in the front seat, yeah. front row, front front pew. And so, after a little bit of of, of oratoration from from Odin, who is uh, finishes off with saying that the only true god is the god of meat, which gets the expected reaction from the congregation. Yeah, a whole lot of okay. Uh, what sure. And so then Jesse dials the phone. Right. And at first it doesn't look like anything happened, but then the it sun makes goes noises. Out. Yeah, then the sun goes out. <laughs> and God shows up. Yeah. And it's the very stereotypical, like, oh, white beard, yeah. like... Glowing behind, glowing. sitting on the throne. Yeah. You know, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the Lord, your God. Right. And everyone is like, oh, crap. <laughs> And he starts answering the questions in the Jesse way. Because says, we have questions. And, oh, but first he goes and has the, how dare you? Right. How dare you demand answers of me? The, you know, the, uh, the only answer you deserve is I am. Right. Uh, which is a little Book of Jobish. Yeah. Um, but uh, finally, Jesse, Jesse and Tulip both step up. And Tulip first, and then Jesse 
and they kind of you know right demand answers and god looks at them and goes ha 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 balls yeah okay i will answer your questions puny mortals um and they all start out pretty pretty standard why do, you know, like why, why do bad, bad things, things happen to good people right and... which he actually dodges the answer yeah a little bit there um or I don't a know. lot I, of it there i feel um i feel like even as a dodge that kind of does make a little sense like god created us he wanted us to experience to have the full experience of life okay strictly speaking you are right because in many ways it's a bad question it's right. simply it's a very bad question right well it's simplistic yeah it's way too simplistic but it's the it's the answer it's the question people are really asking when they're asking that question as you know which is not yeah. the you know bad things happening to good people it's you know why do bad things happen to good people when good things are happening to bad people you know right. it's it's you know where it's about justice and fairness and all those things so Yes, okay. I was just look. I know we talked about it, but I don't remember if you. Oh, checking the did a thing. Yeah, so anyway. right, we did a thing. So <laughs> we all look at the. Did we do the thing? Yeah. Um, it's a recording thing. We were making sure that we have like we're like got three different recording three different things here tonight. Make three sure that we get our audio. Yeah. So anyway, um, and then Odin asks if his daughter is with God, and he's like, well, yeah, okay. And that's almost a gut punch for Odin. For Odin. I mean, it's like, you see this, you see the look on people's faces, and it's this this, this sense of hope, that, and, and God says, you know, Jesse says, what, do you, what, is, what is your purpose for me? He goes, you know, to be, your, to be a shepherd and bring your flock to me. And he goes, well, I failed. And he goes, no, they are here. They have all been saved. You have you know, bringing them to me has saved them, and everyone is like, "Yeah, I mean, you know, God has saved us." Mm-hmm. And then Jesse asks a question about Genesis, and and God's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and <laughs> right, and, and, then and then scratches his nose. Yeah, <laughs> and Jesse's like, "Wait a minute!" And all I could think is, "Do you remember the movie? Do you remember Star Trek Five? Where the Enterprise crew goes and they find God at the center of the galaxy. Vaguely, okay. There's a. It's a. It's not a good movie. It's it's the worst Star Trek film of all the Star Trek films. But there's a great moment where they are talking to this this entity that claims to be God in the center of the galaxy, and he he says, "Ah, yeah, oh, you have brought your starship to me, and I will take your starship, and I will I will fly off into the galaxy and spread the message." And Kirk raises his hand and goes, "Excuse me, why does?" God need a starship, and it's that kind of you know uh well um moment where the deity on the screen is going, "I'm God, and you're going, okay, prove it, yeah, and God's like, uh, look over there, it's an elephant, yeah, and well, I have to say i well the what I thought of was that scene in total recall where uh where Arnold is standing there, and the supposed therapist shows up and and they're right. having the conversation, and you see the sweat running down his face, and you're mm-hmm. like, "Why are you sweating? Mm-hmm. If you're not real, if you're only in my brain, right? Why you got your sweat on?" <laughs> but it's one of those moments where the uh, you know, do not pull, you know, do you know, do not pay, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah, you know, the curtain is pulled away because Jesse then steps in and says, you know. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you really? You are. Yeah. You. Are, you aren't God. Who are you really? 
and uh, it's like, oh no, I'm I'm God. You're not God. Where is God? And he uses the voice. Mm-hmm. He uses the power of Genesis, and the angel is forced to admit because it's an angel, yeah, pretending to be God. That God's gone. Nobody knows where he is. Is he and there with you? And they're freaking and they're <laughs> freaking out about it in heaven. Yeah. Um, and the other angels are not happy that this angel is spilling the beans about God right. being out. But the effect on the congregation in the comic book when Genesis arrives to the church when Jesse when Jesse first has Genesis come inside him right. It basically, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, basically kills everybody in the church, but there's, you know, there's explode blows up the church. Right. Jesse's like the only survivor. This is worse in a way because the it's like you know your your faith has been proven to be truth. You know, you all you now know God is real. You know that God loves you. That you have been saved, and it's. It's that emotional power. Right. It's like someone, you know, even if you don't believe in God, it's like someone saying, you know, it's the person you love telling you they love you mm-hmm. and holding you in their arm, your arms. And you're, and you feel so wonderful. And then they look at you and say, no, I'm just lying. Yeah. And they walk out the door. Right. I mean, it's, you know, it, now put it, you know, it's, it's a pretty brutal thing because. Yeah. And some people handle it better than others. Admin lady has sits her kids down and has this whole conversation she with her kids and she says look you nothing has changed you're still going to go to school you still have to do your best you still all of our beliefs are the same mm-hmm. your daddy's your daddy is still in the good part of heaven not the crazy part with the weird angels yeah so you know we're just going to continue to live our lives as if we've as as normal but a lot of like then uh, on the other hand, uh, Odin Kim Cannon, a bunch of people just completely destroy the church. Yeah, they, they it's it's what it's a very violent scene that we kind of see from a distance, where like it's a little camera set yeah. up the, the thing, and it is pretty creepy from that little distant angle, right? Um, but we also see the the mascots, right? The mascots uh, both hang themselves. Yes, which is sad. Which is sad. Uh, Odin makes a daughter out of meat, right? Uh, the guy whose whole job it is to hit the release button for the methane calls in a prostitute. We need to explain about the methane. So throughout the series, there has been this shot of this room with this these knobs and control panels things right. like that and this older gentleman goes in there and he every time it gets you know to, to the red line he comes in and changes it and lowers it down and flips the switches and releases the pressure and all the things whatever it is is not about to it does not blow up and it wasn't every episode but every every couple episodes you'd see that yeah episode. that happened or or you'd see a, 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 the pipes to get out of the ground with the cap on it and right. the cap go, go and oh, so there. then we get to see what that is, and that is this giant tank, um, cavern, giant humongous space full of cow poop. Cow poop. Put manure. Um, a, a veritable lake. Cacas. Oh, manure. And then we realize why it's called uh, uh, King Cannon. Uh, 
meat and power or whatever it's right. called. Right. So basically, because, they, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a methane plant. It's a so they refer to it as a methane reactor. Right. Which is generally speaking, reactor. Um, usually, very rarely does the phrase nuclear reactor in fiction end with was fine. Mm-hmm. And um, methane reactor also yeah. is, there's no good way for it to end. So he goes and gets a prostitute because he's, he's, he loves his wife, clearly. The conversation he's had on the phone with her, we see that. He sounds like he loves his wife. She will not do him in the sex ways. Right. So he gets a prostitute. And he, as he lays there in, in post-coital bliss. Apparently dead. I think his heart gave out. Oh, his think? eyes are open. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, he's dead. Um, the reactor is going off, and she, ball gag, and uh, uh, yeah, trying desperately, with no clue what she's doing, to shut down the reactor. She fails. Right. And the entire town... Blows up. Exploded. Now... Who we may have just lost a significant chunk of the cast. Um, oh. If not every single one of them, then the the number of survivors will that will automatically be very very low. Jesse and Tulip and and uh, Cassidy have gone and had breakfast. Right. She would you know Tulip wanted fries. So that's where they went. But uh, they didn't go. Luckily, they didn't go to the diner in town. Right. No, they're outside of town and they're they're getting ready to start their quest. They're on their road trip. They're on their mission to find God. In fact, there's a great moment where they're sitting there with all three of them wearing the sunglasses, which is clearly a Blues Brothers kind of... In fact, if one of them had said... We're on a mission from Gade. Yeah, that would have been appropriate. But, of course, Cassidy has to let the air out of it going, what are we waiting yeah. for? <laughs> which, again, also perfect. Yeah. Tulip also gets a firsthand exposure to the power of Genesis. Right. Because she asked Cass- you know, Jesse what, what it can do, and he shows her. He says, kills me. And for someone who actually what does want to kiss Jesse, yeah. the fact that she's being forced to kiss Jesse uh-huh. is not uh, a, a pleasant experience for her. Or it wouldn't be a pleasant experience for anybody being forced yeah. to do anything. Um, so, meanwhile, back at the exploded town. Everybody's exploded. Everybody seems to be exploded except for our um, our, our soccer mom angel. Yeah. Well, I'm sure she exploded too, but she regenerated. Right, right. and she's yeah, because she's clearly uh, uh, exactly the same. She's got that same horrible shuffle walk mm-hmm. thing, and she's walking along, and then there's the sound of a gun being cocked, and a hole the size of what do you want to say six inches around? Yeah, probably six inches around comes right through her gut, and she falls over. And standing behind her in the smoke and rubble and what is what the devastation that is this town is the Saint of Killers. Yes. And he says one word. He says preacher. He didn't have a hair angel with him though. No, um Tall Angel came back from hell on the on the bus um by himself. And he's sitting on the side of the road after he gets dropped off. And he has that sort of shell-shocked look to him. Yeah. So one wonders. Um, well, Beard Angel got killed in hell. Right. And he didn't regenerate. And then you notice at the end of the episode when he stepped on Soccer Mom Angel's hand, it kind of rotted. Yeah, he's well, the guns, the guns can kill anything. In the comic book... 
the angel of death basically turned his sword mm-hmm. into the guns for the 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 uh, saint of killers. Oh, okay. Because he basically he didn't want to he didn't want to do it anymore. Basically, he saw it as a way of getting out of the job and basically passing it on. Mm-hmm. And so they turned his sword into the guns, and then immediately <laughs> the saint of killers kills the angel of death, the original angel of death, and Lucifer. Ah. Um, but clearly we didn't we didn't get that here. We just got him being trapped in his own little hell. Ah. And then being able to uh, come out through this as to kill to kill Jesse. So it's very Jesse and Tulip and Cassidy are on their way yeah. to hopefully find God, or Jesse wants to find God to either offer his help or kick his ass. Mm-hmm. Those are the options, and the saint will be following them. And that's season one. And it really was pretty much the prequel to the comic book in in, in many ways, um, with the right. exception of what happened in one issue in the comic. We got ten episodes of to give, yes. which in some respects makes killing makes blowing up the town a lot more effective. Yeah, we do actually care more about some of these characters. Yeah, I felt really bad when Admin Lady and her kids because it shows her house yeah. and it shows that's one of the houses like right by one of the methane vent tubes so it shows her house and shows the methane tube popping open mm-hmm. and so like you know and then like you i kind of you know, got the bsm couple you liked them and yeah i mean they're not you there. liked everybody even odin can cannon with his not so crazy pantsness i kind of liked him too well jackie I, I don't know if i liked odin i just thought jackie earl haley was doing an amazing job yeah. playing the part it's been a very. I've enjoyed the season a right, lot. Me too. Um, and it is such a odd show uh-huh. that it, and it's not afraid to be odd. I think that's that's been that's been a real right. fun part is that it's been a, it's been willing to go into really weird. It places. goes there. It definitely goes there. So uh, they were they had an ad for the uh, DVD and Blu-ray coming out. Yeah, um, I might have to pick that up just to find the extras. I imagine the extras are going to be pretty interesting on this thing. <laughs> um, but well, I definitely want to. I'm definitely looking forward to, to coming back. And I think that, considering how often you and I find ourselves not looking forward to shows coming back, yeah. I mean, we were, were we saw the. We had to check the date for when Fear of the Walking Dead was coming back. Because <laughs> I just had this fear, this, this like, oh, God, no, it's coming back next week, is it? Because, you know, I, we picked, I picked Dead of Summer for us to watch right. in the middle so that we would have something to watch after Preacher ended. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so. And we do. It looks like we're probably going to get right about the time that Dead of Summer is ending. Preacher. Fear of the Walking Dead will be starting back up again. So. So you can't get rid of us. No, we're going to... Here gonna, we are, we're, we're forever. <laughs> As I yawn into the microphone. Yes, so... Do everything uh, that a voice with a, a voice coach would... Andy Garrison, if you listen oh to God, these, would just be like, oh, like, scratching. Why, Dustin, out. why? Anyway, thank you for listening, folks. Um, we will be back with yes. more everything, but we'll be, we will be back with more Preacher when it comes back. We've yeah. had a great time watching this. We will uh, obviously be back with... Fear of the Walking Dead, um, and and Dead of Summer, and pretty much everything. We'll we'll be around. The, so dead. Walk- the deads of the dead. Anything that's got dead in the title or that has to do with some sort of supernatural Michigas, we are going to be involved. We will. So uh, you have the Zompocalypse now and Team Zombie is uh, 
is is not going anywhere. Thank you for listening, folks. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. And Dustin often tweets. Did you tweet tonight? I did. I tweeted up until the last 20 or so minutes when I was like, I've got to pay attention. Got to pay yeah. attention to this. Um, so you can find Dustin through Twitter. You can find me through Twitter. You can find Sci-Fi for Me, Horror for Me. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and, and just about everywhere anymore. There's We even have uh, video game yeah. stuff playing on. Anyway. Uh, again, thank you for listening. If you are f- listening to us on podcast.com, we can actually see that you've downloaded episodes or listened to them. Thank you very much. If you're listening to us on iTunes. What's your problem? <laughs> please listen to us on iTunes. But if we can't see those numbers, so if you could rate us or leave a comment, we would we would be really uh, happy for if you were to do that. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and thank you, Dustin. Well, thank you, Tim. And we'll be back next week. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. (laughs) 